0: you're listening to the strategically podcast i'm tyler collins and i'm brandon collins
1: as we like to say strategy is all about finding the best way to get from where you are to where you want to be
0: Head over to our website strategically, that's strategic.li, for more tools and content.
1: But right now, you can join us for this casual conversation, where we dive deep into the concepts behind thinking strategically in life, business, or whatever you care about.
0: All right, so you asked me a question like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, do you want to dive
1: in? Do you want to dive into, okay, why would you choose a lower or higher level of success and what yeah. is there any moral or ethical, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, realities baked into that? Where do you want to start on that conversation? Like the most, the most interesting question to me is why would you ever choose a small level of success? Because I feel like that's very counterintuitive.
0: Yeah. So we can jump into that first. Well, I should probably just answer your question because you you keep asking me. So I should probably just <laughs> answer your question. <laughs> So I think first I want to bring up this idea of 10,000 hours because I've seen it a lot of places Mm. and Mm. I actually read the book and I'm going to have to remember, (laughs) I don't remember what the name of the book is and we really, really need to look that up. Um, But there, the, the book, this book was written by the professor who actually did the study that came out with that 10,000 hours number that everybody uses. And I do mean everybody. Um, If you have seen any self-help person slash YouTuber, slash content maker in the last 10 years. They've referenced the idea of being an expert means 10,000 hours in something. First, I want to say that's not true. Okay, so I want to just get that out of the way. That And that is not even what the study was saying. Um, just... Re- I, I, I just want to briefly talk, just summarize what they were saying and what, how that number got conflated just because I think it's hurting a lot of people. (laughs) I don't don't know how else to say it. Um, but so what they did is they studied, um, they studied violinists and they ranked them in, in different rankings from, you know, master. They had a couple of different, like, I forget all what the terms were, but they had different terms and how many hours, the other thing they asked was how many hours did it take you? To get to that ranking, you know, how many hours of practice, how many hours of study, et cetera, et cetera, playing. They they summed it and they put it all together. And the average was 10,000 across um, all of all of the people that they, you know, sort of talked to. Mm -hmm. So you have on one end maybe people who are masters and they were twelve thousand and then maybe on the other end you have people who are in the eight thousands and the average was ten thousand. So some people took that and ran with it and said, Well, if the average is ten thousand and all these people were like amazing, amazing, you know, musicians, then it must be ten thousand hours everywhere. And I think you can see by now me telling the story why that's not the case. And it doesn't make any sense <laughs> so, <laughs> already. So I think, is it outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Yes, that's, is that the I, book? No, I don't think it is actually. Oh, okay. Cause no, when I, I Googled it that's, it, that's what came up the most, yeah. but That Malcolm actually was the one who referenced it. And I don't I don't think I've actually read that book. But what I've heard is that he didn't reference it correctly. And Mm. he was the one that actually perpetuated this myth that it's got to be 10,000 hours. And he referenced he referenced this study. And so this guy, the guy who actually did the study wrote this book. So it wasn't him. I know that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he was in this book correcting that and being like, I wish he had never written it because now everybody (laughs) brings it up and it's really not accurate. So for one thing, you can see that study only looked at violinists. Mm. It didn't look at other, you know, professions. So like, if you really want to know the answer, uh, this is like a long way around, but I promise you I'm getting to answer the question. Okay. Uh, This is important though. Um, so they only looked at violinists. If you really wanted to see what is the number average number of hours takes to master anything, you would have to look at dozens Mm -hmm. of industries, right? Mm -hmm. You'd have to look at golfers, uh, things outside of sports, right? <laughs> You'd have to look at like engineers. You'd have to look mm. at lots of different kinds of work, kinds of jobs, chess,
1: chess masters. Exactly. And, yeah. and you
0: would probably notice that in any given industry, that number is probably vastly different. Mm-hmm. Um Even probably in the musician industry, like playing mm. piano versus playing violin. Cause some, I, I imagine I'm not, you know, <laughs> I've never played violin, but I imagine yeah. that playing violin takes more skill and practice maybe than to become a professional in piano does or guitar, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, you know, how many, how many guitarists are in bands who, you know, have, have like a thousand hours of practice yeah, or even yeah. less, you know, a couple hundred yep. and, and their band got big for whatever reason. Um, uh, singers, right? Like there's a singing is mostly talent. Um, definitely there's practice that's involved, but it's mostly talent and, do you have natural quality to your voice? So probably there'd be another one where it's a lot less time from mm. getting to a professional level or, you know, some people even say they compare singers. And I don't know if you ever watched any of those YouTube videos. I always laugh where they, they play them on their album and then they play them in real life and you're like, ah, mm. it's hurting me. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> and and yep. what's interesting about those videos is some of the ones that you hear and they're not that great have just massive, massive numbers of success and financial success. Mm. And it has less to do with their talent and how great of a singer they are necessarily, although sometimes it does. Um, okay, so why am I saying all of this? I think that there's an assumption that we have to have that 10,000 hours, we have to have this mm. this grind, we have to have this get up, do it every day, be the best in the world at it. That's the only way to succeed, and I understand why. I, I really do, because success is hard. It, it's definitely not easy, and it is about discipline. Um, It is about habits, but I don't think that it's, I don't think it's all about putting this like number in, oh, I got my number, therefore I've arrived. And that's Mm. sort of, I think the false equivalency that people do, like I need to have X number of hours, then I've arrived, then I've become this thing. And I think the reason I bring all that up is to say that there are like lots of levels of success baked in two two areas and we we've kind of touched on this already and again going back to your destination like just thinking about that a little bit more your level of success is going to take a certain amount of effort a certain amount of energy a certain amount of time sacrifice absolutely and we've talked about these things when we talked about determining your destination Mm -hmm. and for you you might not want to sacrifice all of that you might not want to give up all that time you might want to be a novelist but you just want to write trashy romance novels and that doesn't take as much time and energy as it does to write the next great american novel and you know what Mm. i mean rewrite it five times before you get it perfect and now i wrote it and and the trashy romance novelist like i'm not maligning that at all i'm i'm just saying like they might actually make more money than the person Mm. who's like i want to write the next great american novel and you can see like in between that there's different levels of of success in there and that a lot of it really does line up with who you are, you know, how far do you want to push? What do you want to sa What are you willing to sacrifice? You know, it's mm. so like for me, I'm not willing to sacrifice my family. I'm not willing to give up time with my kids to be the best in the world at anything. That is not a mm-hmm. thing that's going to happen. So yeah. I already know that there are certain levels of success that I will never get to because of that. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Like you hear uh, like, especially like these big, uh, entrepreneurial type companies that have exploded and you hear them tell their story Mm -hmm. about when basically they lived at the office or they, uh, uh, or even like I, uh, the other one that comes to my mind is like the medical field sometimes or lawyers, like that kind of a, uh, field where it's like, it's all about putting the extra time and hours in. And if you don't, if you don't, you're not going to succeed. Um, Mm -hmm. and so then, and that is is a reality, it's a reality. And so then you'd be wise to count that cost, I think is what you're saying, right? You'd be wise to think, do I want that even before you begin? Um, I think that's a great, I think that's a great point. And I I think that really demonstrates why it's better to do that on the front end. Because what if you get into it Mm -hmm. and you're like five years into your law degree or not your degree, but your law practice at some firm and they're like pushing you for more and more hours and you're like, man, I don't want this, but I'm not going to get promoted otherwise. Like now that's a much tougher position than if you knew that coming Mm. in, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: So that's part of what I'm saying. Absolutely. And I think the other part of what I'm saying is that there's a lot of levels of success in the lower, mm. you know, levels. Like if, if, if success has numbers, you know, like one through 10 and all 10 levels are what someone from the outside might call success. Mm. There's a lot of levels in the lower end that people don't shoot for because they, because of like what we've been told, it's got to be 10,000 hours. I need to be the best in the world. You know, I, I, I need to crush the competition. That's another thing too, that I want to hit on is that I think levels of success oftentimes, and we we've kind of been hitting this already, but the anchoring effect that so much of that is we're, we're comparing it to other people and what they're doing. And I think that actually it's better to only compare it to what you're doing that tends to be better for you for your life for your um, happiness because I think too that's the other thing that we're missing is that this there's actually another level to this that's even higher or yes. maybe lower depending on how you yeah. look at it and that is like why am I doing this well that's I'm doing right. it because I want to be happy right because I think that if I get that job at Google that will yes I'll, I'll love it right and and I think what you're what that
1: and I was literally was about to say that same yeah. thing because you you said it very well it's because of what we've been told yeah. We have been told there is a default answer. Yes. And and the default answer will always be, well I shouldn't say always, but will most likely be like work your butt off, do the best, yes. be the best, like uh you know, oh you were never that good, you were never that successful when in reality y- the default answer is not your answer. Like you need your yes, answer, like the why exactly. that you are doing yeah. it. And someone, one person Uh, you know, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I don't want to get there. But I think that is that phrase really caught my attention when you said it. What we've been told. Like, is college graduation for you, or is that just what you've been told? Yeah. Is that promotion really what Mm. you want, or is that just the next thing and you just assume the next thing is what you want? Like, is you know, fill in the blank.
0: Well, and here's another reason why is because it's it's sometimes it's not even just what we've been told, it's the stories we hear. Okay. And Mm. what I mean by that is the stories you hear is not I, I again I go back to the NBA but I don't know how what if you're in the NBA and you're an all-star for two years and that's your career mm. that's still a great career not that many people are an all-star but nobody is going to talk about you in the mm. annals of NBA basketball that's, history
1: that is a great point that is an excellent point do you know what I'm saying it, Yes, because the stories, the thing, you, like uh, I forget. There's another bias for this. Uh, there's another phrase for it. The um, it's not coming to me, but there's a there's a uh, phenomenon in human psychology where when you hear about something a lot, mm. you assume that's how the world is. Yeah. So for ex- the best example is winning the lottery. The reason mm. that people think it's possible is because you don't. You always hear so and so won twenty million yes. or fifty million. You do not hear ever uh, <laughs> this person lost the lottery. This person <laughs> bought a lottery ticket and did not win. Yeah. Because if you heard every one of those stories, that's all you would hear all yeah. day, every day. So um you the stories you hear become your you start assuming that is reality. Yes. And so that's a great point about the stories you hear. You hear about the entrepreneur, that's who they're doing the expose on yes. that's who they're doing the featured you know interview with.
0: Exactly. Or the
1: the NBA uh you know commentators. They're talking about the guys who are the in the running to be the best in the world. They're not talking about the role player who loves his job, loves his family, yep. makes millions of dollars or, yes. you know, fill in the blank. That's a great point. That is really, really solid. I don't know why that's ne- that's never occurred to me. And I, I think, I think I've always thought it was more of the um, society telling you, oh, this is success. But I think it's not maybe that sinister. It's also just mm-hmm. what we talk about. We yeah. talk about interesting things. You yeah. know.
0: And you know what got me thinking about this? This is going to nerd me, nerd me out a little bit. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to go there. Um, yeah, but that is, never happens is the huge wave that, that I've seen recently, um, of speed world, speed records, speed runs, um, in, mm. in video games. And I, I got to thinking about that because when you think about it on the surface, it's just a weird thing. Like why, first of all, why do people play the same game for a thousand, a thousand hours at least mm. just to shave a couple of seconds? Off of a record time, <laughs> and and it gets crazier. Why am no, uh, I watching them do it? <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. So if why you am I speed, spending my time watching them do it? <laughs> if you don't know what
1: speedrunning is, let me give yeah, you a 10 second. Good, so good idea. Take a game like Super Mario. Everybody knows Super Mario, and maybe a, the way it was designed to be played, it would take you two hours to beat. But yeah. because people have gotten so skilled, and they have found all the perfect little glitches and all the like tricks of the levels they can beat it in, say, 20 minutes. I don't know if those times are accurate, but but you watch them play and they have to jump at just the right moment. They have to push the button within a split second of timing and they have to do all of that and string a perfect run together uh, in order to beat that second. So it takes hours, hundreds and thousands of hours of practice and yeah. it takes trial and error and yep. all that. So that's what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and so anyway, I got to thinking about that and I thought, you know, there is a point of, I don't know if it's human nature, if it's um, just our culture. I, 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 That's sort of where my mind goes is maybe it's just our culture, Um, but that that can even that people care so much about that, I think, shows that we just have this assumption. And I do think it goes back to the stories we hear of, Mm. well, that's a new record. It's a new world Mm. record. And how important, how much effort, you know, like emphasis we place on that. <laughs> mm. um, and video games actually, speedrunning is a good, an interesting example of that because how how are you going to say that the person who just beat it in two hours, like it's intended, didn't have just as much yes. fun, if not more yes. fun, than the speedrunner who spent thousands of hours to beat it in ten minutes and get the Mm -hmm. world record, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, like there's a joy that comes, certainly there's a joy that comes from being the record holder.
0: Yeah. But you could get, you know, just
1: as much maybe joy. (laughs) And, you know, I don't want to
0: take away from speedrunners because I think that most speedrunners, if you are actually willing to spend that much time to get a world record in a game you must like it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. maybe you're doing it for the attention. That's why you like it. Maybe you're doing it because you really love that game and so much that you'll play it over and over again. Uh, I don't know why. Honestly, I'm, I'm not done speedrunning enough to know what the appeal is. I But I, why do I watch it? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's a different uh, thing, right?
1: At that point, yeah. it's not about the joy. It's about the performance, it's about the, yeah, that's you true. know, yeah. beating everyone. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is great because that becomes the anchoring effect then. The stories you hear become the new anchoring effect. Yeah, absolutely. So you're like, well, it doesn't matter that I can play Mario and, and really enjoy it for two hours because yeah. someone out there can beat it in 20 in minutes. minutes. Like, yeah. I suck at this game. I'm yes. the worst. Like, exactly. And then you start you start looking down on the joy maybe that you did experience or yeah. the experience you had when in reality, like, that is
0: irrelevant. And we would, in effect, we would even take it further. And this is actually a good example, I think, because I think it does show the ridiculousness of the thinking: is to never play the game because you know you could yes. never beat it in ten minutes, exactly and just to right. say, "Well, I guess I can't beat it in ten minutes, so I'm just mm. not going to play." That's what we do, and and that's just ridiculous because the point of that game is to enjoy it, however you mm-hmm. want to enjoy it, mm-hmm. whether that is speedrunning. And I don't want to. I hope I'm not coming across as critiquing speedrunners because I think they love what they do. And that to them, that level of success is their joy. So I don't, I wouldn't want to take that away from them. But then all the other levels of success that there could be, (laughs) you know, beating the game. There's, there's some games that are legitimately hard. And if you just beat them, that's like a level of success that maybe you should be proud of.
1: (laughs) No, but I think. We've almost come full circle because I think you really hit on something there. You, the reason you don't pick something up is because you don't know what you're after when you pick it up. Like, here's what I mean. Absolutely. Because I'll never be as good as the best. I won't play this game. Mm. Well, that what you've now done is you have assumed that the reason you would pick up that game is to be the best. Yes. Instead of I'm just going to have a good time. Yeah. Or here's another perfect example uh i play a fighting game uh several fighting games that i really enjoy video games uh and fighting games are very competitive because it's player versus player and Mm -hmm. it's like there's a ranking system normally yep there's ranking systems and like you get pummeled and it feels like you're literally getting pummeled (laughs) like that kind of a thing uh you know and and you can get you if you get matched against a player that's like so much better than you it can be some of the most frustrating games you'll ever play but one thing I've noticed, I actually picked this up from a, um, a YouTuber who only makes videos about get, fighting video games, yeah. but he made a really insightful point. He said, if you start every fight and you just tell yourself, my goal is to learn and be a little better when I'm done mm. with this. Even if you're getting your, you know, <laughs> butt kicked, yeah. like even if you are just getting demolished. You can actually take joy from that experience because you're like, I am watching greatness and I'm learning from it and Mm. I'm figuring out even just a small percentage of growth. But what have I done? I have redefined why I'm playing the game. I have defined my desired future and my level of success. If I learned, I succeeded. Yeah. Right. If I grew, I succeeded. And so I think that's a perfect, we've sort of really come full circle, like, Example of don't just assume. Don't let the anchoring effect win decide what your level of success is, or why you're doing something, or what your desired future is. Or it can rob you of your joy, and it can it makes uh, a strategy and thinking strategically basically impossible.
0: Yeah, and it's it almost becomes a non-starter at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, You're you're so anchored by the best or the stories you've heard um, that all the other levels of success that you could possibly have that might bring you joy. You're just taking them off the table. yeah. Uh, and that's what I was going to say is like in video games, that seems, sounds so ridiculous, you know, to say what I just said. You, nobody would say that. Like everybody would say, just play the game to have fun. That, mm. That's what games are designed for. But when you think about the fact, like that's what your life is designed for, right? <laughs> yes. And yet we do the exact same thing. In fact, I think it's even more important with your life um, because you think about stuff like depression uh anxiety stress like all of these other things how much I- i've thought about this a lot the more the older i get and the more my level of success is bounded you know like mm. cuz older you get the more you realize like yeah i'm i'm not going to be like that great at this thing <laughs> yeah, yeah uh you start to run into your limits more i feel like the older you get so the more that i am forcing myself to take joy in the things that are important to me, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I may never be the best in the world at that thing, but my family is great. Like my, my relationship with my wife is incredible and not everybody can say that. I love mm-hmm. my kids. Like I have great kids and they're, they're well-behaved and I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not mm-hmm. everybody can say that. So there's <laughs> a point where my happiness like starts to come from the things that I have good levels of success on and, and not necessarily Bounding my life always by the things that I will never have, you know, crazy level mm. success on. So I think that's hugely important um, just for even your health, like in your life. But I think that's how life should be lived. Not not that I want to tell people how to live their lives. It's more of a contentedness issue, right? Uh, maybe mm. even psycho- psychologically, like have happiness in your life. Instead of being frustrated that you can't be a nine or a 10, be happy with you know, the fours and the fives that everybody else is just leaving, which is another thought in this whole thing is because people want to be the best in the world. Sometimes there's less competition to not be the best. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. The thing you said there, I want to come back to it. Uh, I want to capture that thought you just said, because people want to always be the best. Often there's more room for like moderate levels of success. Is that a good way to restate that? Absolutely. Restate that.
0: Yeah. And I can actually give you an example of this again. on. on I'm watching the NBA playoffs right now, uh, which may date this episode, but this is is why I'm thinking about it a lot, these illustrations, but uh, Miami Heat, um, Duncan Robinson, he is a starter. And the reason he's a starter is because he's an amazing three-point shooter. That's the only reason. (laughs) Uh, And he could have abandoned that level of success and just said, well, I can't be LeBron James. I can't be Michael Jordan, so I'm not going to play basketball. Mm -hmm. But instead, he's taking like, what you might consider a lower level of success. He's niching down in a sense, um, and going to be good at what he does and be happy with that. And that's hard to do, right? Um, but he's going to be more valuable to his team. He's going to have a better career overall. He's going to make more money even, Mm -hmm. uh, because he's getting really good at his thing and, and doubling down on that and being okay with that, you know?
1: So, okay. I want to hit something you said, uh, and then maybe we can move into, uh, or maybe there's a lot more to say on this, but maybe I want—I do want to make sure we get to how do you choose and find your level of success? What kinds of things do you look at? But something you said earlier, you you talked about, you know, you were saying being, being satisfied with the level of success you have or um, looking at other areas, that kind of thing. But I don't think what you're saying is settle or maybe settle is the wrong word. Like the way you said it, and I don't think you meant it this way, but it, the way you said it felt kind of like... St- stop wanting more and just be happy. And I think the way I might restate that, and I'm curious to hear you react to this because mm-hmm. I, I thought you were making some great points there. I might restate And even the D- Duncan Robinson example, I might restate that to say, it's not really about choosing less uh, success. It's about dif- getting more clear yes. on what you want yes. and making that your success. Exactly. That's exactly so what we- I'm
0: saying. So, for
1: example, the the example I gave about fighting a fighting video game or any game where you're getting really, you know, crushed and you're like, <laughs> I redefine uh, learning as my success and then that becomes a successful game. Mm-hmm. It's not that I have said I will be happy with less success. I have redefined what the word success means in that context. And that's what gives me more joy. That's yeah. what gives me more happiness. Yeah. Uh, So we're not saying like, be happy that you're losing. Yeah. No, like, yeah, I wish I would win, but I can still find joy as I redefine what that success is. And then the question becomes, how can you personally define it in a way that gives you joy? Because maybe there's someone out there who they hear me tell that story of, um, you know, just learning it, learning from a loss. They're like, well, I would never be happy with that. Maybe (laughs) that person exists. And if you're out there, that's fine. I'm different than you and that's okay. So what is it for you? And and then take that to any area of your life and say, how can you redefine success in that area? Again, not to say, not to keep the definition the same and just be happy with it, (laughs) like, but to change the definition to something that still resonates with you, that still brings you joy. Is that, how does that hit you?
0: Yeah, that's, I think that's exactly what I'm saying is that I think because we bound anchor our thinking in The best in the world, because that's what we've been told, because we anchor our thinking in the stories we hear, which are always, again, the record breakers, Mm -hmm. the best in the world, the person who did something no one else had done. We tend to forget that what's probably more important is who we are and what will... Make mm. us happy. That's what I was trying to get at is uh, sometimes, I, I don't know why. I do think this is a human condition thing. It's the grass is always greener, that type of thing mm-hmm. where it's, be, I'm looking at that one thing and because I'm not the best at that, I'm like not happy instead of looking at what maybe I am really great at. And that's what I was going to say is it is really more about who you are and really getting clear on that. And I think we talked mm-hmm. about that a lot in the last couple of sessions when we talked about destination, how important it is to know yourself, know your company know who you are there there might be levels of success that are lo- lower than the best in the world because of who you are not because you're settling those are two different things mm-hmm. but because of who you are right yeah um
1: yeah and it's a choosing yes it's a redefinition i think you said that well like you redefine what you're f- or reframing re re you know your perspective changes um that's what helps you take that joy not like oh I went from wanting to win to now being okay with losing, (laughs) right? It's different than that. So that's good.
0: So we should get into, um, well, and yeah, and I think just to put a period on the end of this conversation, I don't, I think what is really, really bad um, is to vilify any level of success. I don't that's think really it's well healthy to vilify the people that are the best in the world, and they drive at it, and they must have it, and say you should never compete like that. You shouldn't make that much money. You shouldn't, you know, always be trying to beat everyone in your industry. Like why? Why if that's mm-hmm. who they are? I mean, obviously there are moral boundaries. I think, did we talk about that yet? I think we We, have. We touched on it briefly, but there's a big section on that later. So later on, we're going to talk about like not crossing moral lines and how important that is. So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like, yeah, step on everybody to get to where your goal is. Uh, Like literally kill the person who's better than you. (laughs) Exactly. That's not what we're trying to say. Um, But don't vilify people who... Are driven to be the best in the world at that thing because that's what they want, and don't vilify people who are okay not being the best and they're happy with their little slice, you know, of success that they have. Like maybe their small business is only ever going to make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and they're happy with that. Like maybe Mm -hmm. they, because of that, they can travel four months out of the year and you know get to spend time with their family and you know fill in all the blanks. Like there's. It's so dependent on who you are and the things that are more important is like what's bringing you joy in your life, what's yes. truly important to you, what resonates with your core, with who you are, your identity. We've talked a lot about that. That's yep. what's important, not your level of success and us from the outside, which is this is what happens, us from the outside saying, well, if you don't have this level of success, then you're nothing. Yes. Not
1: not your relative level relative level. Yes, relative. That's the yeah. phrase. I that's need to a write great that way down. of saying
0: it. I like that. So I just, because, I want to put yeah. a period on that. It, it does like their morals come into it only in so as how you're getting there, not the level, like the level has nothing to do with the morality. Um, The level has nothing to do with even your worth. I think that's an internal struggle. I, I know that's an internal struggle for me mm-hmm. where I'm defining my own personal worth by the level of success that I, you know, have achieved. And if I'm not achieving higher and higher levels of success, I think, oh man, like I think less of myself, right?
1: Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. instead
0: of being okay with maybe lower levels of success that line up more with who I am. Right. So I think about this in fitness a lot, like how many people are going to be like fitness models and athletes, like not that many, (laughs) um, because that takes a certain level of commitment. It takes certain number of hours in the gym. It takes certain diets that you have to live by. And I already know that I'm not like, I'm in this you know health journey but i already know that's not where i'm going you know i'm not going to do that cuz i don't want to compete on the circuit i don't care about that but i can have a lower levels of success in my physical life my physical body that i can be incredibly happy with that make me feel good about myself but if i'm only comparing myself to you know people i find on instagram and you know what i'm saying then then that yeah. can really shoot my i shoot myself in the foot with that
1: Well, that's all for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear the rest of this conversation, make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as they're released. You can also view this content along with visuals on our YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you on the next one.